Lord, until that day comes, in Jesus' name. Somebody said, Amen. I want to talk to you about a lot left. A lot left. What direction, think real quick, if you're home, so I don't know who is good at north, south, east, and west, but what direction is the front door of your home facing? So think about your house. Where's the sunrise? You know, sunrise is in the east, sets in the west, okay, for those of you. Uh, north is the, you know, top part, south is the bottom. What direction is your home? So my house uh, faces, it's kind of weird, my driveway is really in the back of my house. If anybody's been to my house before, my front door faces west and my uh, uh, back door faces east. And because we're on a hill, I don't know if this happens to you sometimes, but when you go out your front door at my house, if you don't have that back door shut all the way, that Louisiana wind just goes right through and then all the doors in the house just bust open and things go everywhere, right? And uh, so if you're not careful, like my kids don't always shut the door just right, as soon as you've you ever done that before? You, one door opens and then the other doors just slam wide open? So there's sometimes you're looking out your front door and the back door unknowingly comes open. There's a story in Scripture about a man named Lot. And Lot had his front door facing one direction. And little did he know, as he was looking to one direction towards the cities of man, unintentionally, unbeknown to him, some things were coming through the back door into his home. What direction is your home facing? What is the heading of your home? What is the focus of your family? Where is your home going spiritually? What is the heartbeat of your house? And what do you most often fill your time with as a family. You know, I want to talk to you this morning about some challenges we have to be the people of God before Jesus comes back. And what does it mean to be ready? You know, we live in a country that promises wealth and success and independence and equality. Society says things like, follow your heart, do what makes you happy, be your own you. Truth is whatever you want it to be, right? And society says, just be the best you and whatever that means to you. You deserve to be happy, be true to yourself, know your own truth, it's your body, it's your choice, live it up. You only have one life to live. But the problem is, is we focus on these wonderful things that sound almost too good to be true. As you open the front door to these things, little did you know, things begin to creep in the back door. For instance, let me give you some stats. I did some research this week. Some things that what the world doesn't tell you and all the wonderful things of wealth and prosperity in America that it promises you, what society says to you that you can achieve in our modern day, things that begin to come in the back door of this nation. For instance, in 2018, do you know that almost 12% of Americans were doing illicit drugs on a monthly basis? 12% of our country. Uh, that's what CDC says. In that same year, over 13 million uh, young adults, 15 to 24, contracted an STD. That means, and that's because 42% of teenagers actually report having sex during high school. 42% in America right now. That is probably a very low number because that's the ones that actually admitted it. Today, you know, the, bio, uh, so the Pew Research Center says that only 25% of Americans believe in waiting until marriage. 
In fact, 61% believe that casual sex is something acceptable between strangers. 61% say that on the Pew Research. 65% believe that it's acceptable between non-married persons who are dating before marriage. Over 60% of our country don't wait till marriage. In fact, that leads us to some other stats. In America in 2016, the Pew Research Center said there was 18 abortions for every 100 births, which today we know is 63 million murdered babies since 1973. 69% of Americans say cohabitation is fine, even if they don't plan to get married. In fact, now today, 46%, almost half of Americans, say that you're just as well off if you never get married. That marriage is not something you actually have to do. Just live together and, and you'll just be just as well off as people who do marry. That's half of our country now today says they don't really care about God's institution of marriage. You know, the world began on a rapid rapid decline of sexual identity and gender revolution since 2000. Now, it has been happening since the 70s and 60s and beyond. But since 2000, the year 2000, 31 countries, Western countries, have legalized gay marriage, us and America in 2015. And in 2004, it was only 31% of our country that approved of same-sex marriage. But today, today, stats say that over 61% of Americans approve of same-sex marriage. 45% of Americans say it makes no difference what kind of family you grow up in. 45%, almost half of Americans say it doesn't matter if you have a two-parent uh, heterosexual couple home or a single-parent home or a same-sex marriage home. They say that almost half, 45% of our, our country says it doesn't affect the child. Not to mention all the grooming of children and agendas that we see in today on movies and TV. TVs reveal perhaps our immoral craving more than anything. And I did some research on this. Do you know that of the last 10 years, the top grossing television shows, many of them are which are on HBO. Over the last 10 years, almost all of these shows that are the top grossing shows of the last 10 years in our country include fully nude graphic content, sexual violence, bondage, rape, incest, homosexuality, bloody, gruesome violence, severe profanity. Some of these had hundreds of uh, curse words, the F words. Uh, in fact, the latest superhero movie that I wanted to go watch myself, I looked it up. It had Jesus' name in vain every three minutes in the film. There's a lot of things this country promotes that we think we can be Americans, we can live up the American dream. But what is coming through the back door of our homes? We can focus our families to strive for all the world's goods. We can find the back door, though, open to all sorts of ungodly things. We can lead the busy life like the world and we can live it up like the world, but we can never rest on the Sabbath. We can be consumed with the entertainment of the world, but yet as a family we never read our Bibles, never pray. We can let our, Christi our children date non-Christians and we wonder why they don't wait till marriage. We want to make a lot of family time as Americans, but what if we leave a lot of our family behind? We want to make a lot of family time in America, but what if you left a lot of your family behind? That's the challenge the thing I want to talk to you this morning. What if you make heaven, but your family goes to hell? Because we didn't lead them to live separately enough from this world. See, Lot lived, but Lot lost a lot. 
Lot lived, but Lot lost a lot. Let's look in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 7, before everybody's saying amen and shouting hallelujah, right? Let's go in the background. So Peter writes to this uh, persecuted church before he dies in Asia Minor. And he writes to them and he says, not only were they being persecuted by Rome, he said, but among you in the church there is a false teaching. There's some people who are teaching false doctrine. In fact, some of them are denying that Jesus is coming back. And many of them are greedy liars and adulterers behind the scenes. And they promise all kinds of freedoms to you. But little do you know, they are committing some horrible sins behind it. And the, the kind of Christianity they're promoting to you is so weak and powerless while you think they're giving you freedom in this version of Christianity, they're actually enslaving you into sin. And they're finding all kinds of weak Christians to promote this false doctrine to. And Paul, uh, Peter says, now, but God's church, he knows how to save. And God's church is going to be holy. And God is able to keep the unrighteous to judgment and the righteous he's able to save and rescue to eternal life. And that's what he says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 7. He says this, And if he rescued Lot, who was oppressed by the perverted conduct of unscrupulous people, for what he saw and heard the righteous man while living among them felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. And the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from a trial and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. Now flip over a chapter, 2 Peter 3, verse 7. Look what he says is going to happen. 2 Peter 3, verse 7, But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly people. But don't let this one fact escape you, beloved. Note that the one uh, with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. And the Lord is not slow concerning his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not willing for any, any to perish but for all to come to repentance. He says, all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord, it will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with an intense heat and the earth and its works will be discovered. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for the hastening of the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. He says, think about the days of Lot. So let's go back. Let's go back in time. Genesis chapter 19. I'm going to tell you the story of Lot. So we find ourselves in, in the book of Genesis and there's a righteous man named Abraham and his nephew Lot. Lot gets a, his herd begins to grow and he looks and he says, uh, Abraham says, let's, let's split up because we're, we're fighting over our, our, our sheep don't get along real well. And so we need some space. So Lot, the Bible says he looks south and he looks to the Jordan River Valley and he saw it was prosperous. He thought, I can go there and I can make a lot of money. My family is going to be wealthy. And oh, that valley promised some riches. It promised some fame and some fortune. And the problem was, is in this Jordan River Valley, which at the end of the Jordan River, there were several, five, several immoral, wicked cities, two of which you've heard, Sodom and Gomorrah. And the men of Gomorrah and Sodom, the Bible says, were exceedingly wicked against the Lord. Specifically, they had, were very uh, uh, sexually immoral into homosexuality, male prostitution, and the like. And the Bible says that Saw, uh, Lot pitched his tent toward Sodom. 
That's where he was looking. He was looking for the wealth of all the fame, and he began to turn from the spiritual kingdom that Abraham was seeking into the earthly kingdom of man. And the Bible says that Lot eventually didn't take long before Lot didn't just pitch his tents on the outside of Sodom, but he was found in a house in Sodom. And then there comes a day, little did Lot know, that the judgment of God was upon this city, that the Bible says that the stench of this sin had reached the heavens, and God had to act on behalf of what he saw. So he sent two angels. First, he sent to Abraham, and Abraham began to make intercession because he knew his nephew was in there. And he said, God, if there's just some righteous people, would you save them? And God said, yes, I'll do that for you because you interceded. And he goes, and the angels come, and they find Lot not just in a house, not just in a tent. He's sitting by the gates, which means likely he was one of the elders, the patriarchs of the city by that time. That's where they would go, and that was kind of like their courthouse and made decisions. And the angels come to him, and... A lot is very hospitality. The Bible says that Peter says he was a righteous man. He was tormented. He was tormented by what he saw in this city. He didn't participate in it, but he wanted the fortunes of what had. And he invited the man into his home because he knew what would happen if they didn't. The Bible says that the, the two men who were two angels came into his house and the men, all the men of the city came and began to pound on the door of Lot's house and said, give us these men that we may have our way with them. And they wanted to rape and abuse these men and do all sorts of unspeakable things. And Lot said no, even offered, immorally offered his daughters uh, who were uh, dating or engaged to be married to two other men. And uh, the men began to pound and the angels, the Bible says the angels opened the door, grabbed Lot, snatched him in, shut the door and caused all the men to be blind. And they told him, tell all your family, tell your sons-in-laws, it's time to go, get out of this city. But the sons-in-laws thought Lot was joking, so they didn't. And in the morning, before daylight, in the middle of the night, the angels came to Lot, probably I think he was asleep, woke him up out of bed and said, get out of the city now. And the Bible says that Lot hesitated. He didn't really want to leave all the things that he had acquired in this place. And they snatched him. The Bible says these two angels grabbed Lot's hand, grabbed his wife's hand, grabbed his two daughters' hands, and raced them out of the city and said, escape for the mountains. Don't even look back. And as soon as the sun rose, the Bible says fire and sulfur and brimstone rained down on the cities. Lot and his daughters began to go, but Lot's wife, if you've heard this story, she, her heart, it was still in Sodom, and she turned back and instantly became a pillar of salt. Lot lost his wife, and if you know the story even further, Lot ends up losing his daughters. His wife's heart was in Sodom, but Sodom was in his daughter's heart. Lot lived, but Lot lost a lot. You see, there's the days of Lot, and it was a lot of living. Much like America and the world today, we want to live it up. Look at the state that we're in. What is the big celebration we just had in our state down south in New Orleans? Oh, we are a pleasure-seeking society. The motto of Sodom was to throw off restraint, give in to every craving you feel before long those cravings and desires are ruling them. And it was prideful. They reveled in the daytime, the Bible says, in their pride. They had prideful parades, if you're getting me this morning. They celebrated their immorality at the nation's capital. They decorated it with lights and colors. They, in the streets, in the national courts, celebrated immorality in the face of God. 
And there came a day where God said, enough is enough. And Lot was there. But Lot was lax. Lot was a little lazy in his spiritual life. Now, he was a righteous man. He was bothered by it. But because he had traded the pursuit of a spiritual kingdom for an earthly one, he had become a citizen of that city rather than a heavenly traveler like Abraham. Abraham never settled. Abraham never built a house. Abraham, the Bible says, was looking for a home whose foundations and architect was God. He was looking for a heavenly city, but Lot had settled in Sodom. In 1 Peter 4, he reminded us in the first book, he said, The end of all things is near, but be of sound judgment. Be sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Don't be a sleepy saint in Sodom. Uh, you can be bothered by it, but don't settle there. Don't settle there. In fact, if you note in the story, Abraham had more influence, Warren Wiersbe says, outside the city than Lot had inside the city. Oh, if we just be among them, can't we reach them? If we just be around them, can't we reach them? Look at the story. Abraham is the one who spared the city. It's because of his righteous walk with God by faith. And Abraham had more influence outside the city than Lot had inside the city. You know, I think sometimes as Christians in America, we want to move our tents as close to the American dream as we can. But we don't want to fall into the depravity. We want to look like the world, but we don't want to be the world. We want to get as much of this American dream and live it up and have the fullness of life. We want the same houses the world has. We want the same cars the world has. We want to look like what the world looks like. But then we wonder why our kids do the same thing as the world. We wonder why the church's divorce rate is the same as the world. Because we're going to get as close as we can get to being in the world as we can. We fill our lives with the same busy, busy schedule. We can be fleshly focused. We can find ourselves too busy for church today in America. As a family, we don't read our Bible. We don't pray. We don't serve. Few tithe. Few are pursuing spiritual gifts, much less seeking miracles. That's what Peter or Paul had told Timothy. He said, there's coming a day in the last day where they'll have a form of godliness, but they'll not have any power backing it up. You say, oh, but we have liberty, Pastor Heath. No, we have slavery. Oh, we're, we're New Testament Christians. We don't follow the law. We we're, have we're liberty. Don't judge me according to what I watch and dress and wear and say and do. I'm a New Testament grace Christian. You have liberty, but you really have slavery. And that's what... Peter is saying to this church, there's a false version of Christianity in the last days that pursues as much of the world as they can, but when they are focusing their front door on these things, behold, the back door has blown open and things have come into the house unaware. See, there was lots of living and they thought there was also lots of days, lots of days left. They were depraved. The Lot said he saw an ignorant and immoral society. They'd shut their eyes and ears to the judgment of God. We used to have a country that feared the Lord. It was on every institution that we had in this country. Every court used to have the Ten Commandments. Every law used to have a biblical moral background. Every elected official used to be a moral, upright, standing citizen. That is how our, we began. And we look today, it's depravity. And we're not disturbed. You see, Lot was bothered by it, but not enough to get out of it. And, the, and one commentator said, Lot wasn't bothered by it as much as God was. 
Oh, it bothered him, but not as much as it bothered God. One of the things I've grown to pray sometimes is, Lord, help me to hate sin as much as you hate sin. Because I find that I don't see it always like God sees. Oh, you know, that's a little thing. Oh, it's just a little thing. This is a little light, white lie. It's just a little, little movie. It's got a little bit of things in it. We were watching a show. Beth and I were watching a show. I, it was a, a, TV, a movie. I saw the movie and a TV show came out and it was on Amazon Prime. We began to watch it. Like, this is a pretty good show. I like cop shows. I like, you know, uh, you know, guys fighting crime and all that. And we began to watch it and it just got worse and worse and worse until finally a few episodes in, we said, we just can't watch this anymore. I don't want this in my mind or my home. And we got bothered by it. I shut it off. Man, I really wanted to finish that series. But there comes a point where we have to say, God, enough is enough. God, I, I want to be holy. I want to be looking for a city that is not here. And I don't find it here. You see, years ago, I used to think that God wasn't coming back very quick. And, and uh, I'm not going to go into it all. I'm going to talk about it in our, in our next uh, service next week. But God just shook me. And where Peter says, he says, guys, don't, don't miss this. A thousand years is a day, but a day is like a thousand years to God. What he's saying is, sometimes we think, oh, God is just, he's got a long time. Man, it's just one day is like a thousand years. Man, he, every, it's like, it could take a long time for this thing to happen. You know, God can accomplish a thousands of days, thousands of years worth of work in one day. I also thought it about the other. God's got a thousand years his day. He's going to be long-suffering man, and he can keep this thing going. But it's also the other way. There's nothing waiting for God to come back. He can get a thousand years worth of work done in one day. Just look at creation. He got billions of years worth of work done in six days. That means he can come any time he wants. He doesn't have to have all these things fall into place. They can fall into place in one day. And he says, that's the day. And Peter says, don't count this as slowness. Don't count God as slack. If he does delay, it's just because he's patient. He's gracious. We have an Abraham, a Jesus, a high priest who sits at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for the saints. And just like Abraham had been interceding for the righteous in Sodom, Jesus is interceding for the righteous on the earth today and says, God, would you hold it off a little longer till every person who's ready will come in? And that day is today. Today is the day of salvation. You see, Lot didn't get in by any merit of himself. It was because Abraham was praying for Lot. And it was the grace and the goodness of God that was willing to snatch. That's where we get this word rapture from. They were able to snatch Lot. Lot wasn't ready. Lot didn't know the day and the hour that he lived. That's what Jesus says. Will I find faith when I come? Will there be people watching and ready? And Lot was a sleepy Christian. And by the grace of God, he made it. By the grace of God, he made it. But he was snatched out. Not because he was such a good man, but because God is such a good God. We're saved by grace through faith, not of works that we could boast. But look what Jesus said about that day. Luke chapter 17. He says, likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day when Lot went out of Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So it will be on the day 
when the Son of Man is revealed. And on that day, let the one who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down or take them away. And likewise, when the one who is out in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. For whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will keep it. Look at verse 34. I tell you, in that night, there'll be two in one bed. And one will be taken and the other left. There'll be two women working in the grinding of the mill together. And one will be taken and the other left. The Bible says that the trump of God will sound and the dead in Christ will rise. And they will go up to meet the Lord in the air. And we who are alive and remain will be caught up or raptured together with them to forever be always with the Lord. We will be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, into the glorious image of our Savior. And it will be over for us. And that day could come today. That day could come today. You see, there was a lot of living going on in Lot's day, and they thought they had a lot of days left. And for that reason, Lot had some loss. Lot was not saved, I said, because of anything he did right, but because he believed by faith and because Abraham was praying for him. Romans 1 tells us that we would be justified by faith alone. Lot believed in God. He didn't participate with the things of the day, but he wasn't disturbed as much as he should have been. And I wonder if Lot had just been a little bit more disturbed, if he had just been a little bit more aware of the day and the hour, if he had not pitched his tent towards Sodom, if he had stayed closer to Uncle Abraham and kept looking for a heavenly city, would he have saved his family? You know, 1 Corinthians 3 tells us if anyone's work which he has built on it remains, he'll receive a reward. But anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved so as through fire. We call it getting to heaven by the skin of your teeth. That's what we say. I don't know what that means. I don't know where that came from. But that's what we say. Get there by the skin of your teeth. You may go to heaven, but what if your home goes to hell? I don't think Lot's story is a success story. I think it's a tragedy. He lost a lot of things. Number one, he lost his heavenly perspective. Number two, he lost his kingdom witness over his neighbors, over his future sons-in-law, he even over his own family. For instance, he lost his uh, wife because her heart was in Sodom, and he lost his daughters because Sodom was in their heart. And all that earthly wealth was burned up anyway. What if we make heaven, but those we love go to hell because we didn't lead them to live separately enough from this world? Jude 7 says, Sodom and Gomorrah were sent as an example for us today for what it will be like on that last day. I'm thinking if God judged Sodom and Gomorrah, how will he not judge America? And I, you and I cannot escape the immorality of this world. We'd have to leave this world, Paul says, to do that. But we can be sure of the direction of our home. I can be sure which direction my home, its front door opens to. I can say, God, I want to pitch my tent like Abraham towards heaven. I don't want a desire to pitch my tent towards Sodom. I want people to know you and be saved. I want to live a differently enough life. God, that we become a peculiar people, 
that something looks different about us, that we have a different way of living and thinking and doing. And I'm not talking about just dress codes and measuring things and going back into religious works. I'm talking about our hearts being towards heaven and saying, God, I'm disturbed by what I see and I'm disturbed enough to tell my kids this is not how life is supposed to be. This is how you find true joy. This is how you find true love. This is how you find true peace. This is what real success looks like. This is what a godly man and a godly woman looks like in your future husband or spouse. This is what I want for you. And this is why we live life this way. Because we are God's people and he's coming back. And this whole world is going to burn up in a moment in a blaze of fire. And we're going to be raptured and to be with the Lord always and forever. And we need to be ready. We need to be ready. And I think that day is coming. Now, that's a cliche thing. It's closer now than it's ever been. Of course it is. But how much more ready should we be? If we are the last day's church, Lot lived, but Lot lost a lot. Are you walking in the way of Abraham? Hebrews 11.10, he was looking for a city which has foundations whose architect and builder is God. I want to have a lot of family time, but I don't want to leave my family behind. The most important thing I can do for my family is get my kids to this church. The most important thing I can do for my family is watch what we watch on TV. It's to pray with them and to teach them and to lead them and model godly example before them. To talk to them about all the real issues they're going to face in a high school, in a college, in the world they're living in. One of the things I I dreaded the, the day that it happened in 2015, I knew. I remember being on my patio in the house we were at before, and I just, my heart sank. I said, my daughters will never know a day before this day. They'll never know a society pre this event. They'll grow up in a whole other kind of world. God, would you be over my kids? That's what I pray. Because I want to be the people of God. And we love everyone, and we're not here to judge anyone. We're here to lead them into the truth that there is life and abundant living in Jesus Christ. There's identity in Christ. There's, there's security in Christ. There's love and abundant love and joy and peace. There's a right way to live and go, that you'll be with the Father forever. There is eternal home and blessing to come. And if you'll just repent and believe in the good news of Jesus Christ, man, it'll come to you. The blessing of God will come into your heart, the Holy Spirit. Spirit will come and make you new creation. Everything old will pass away. Everything new will come in. And you'll be like Jesus. And you'll know the Father. And you won't need all this earthly stuff. And so, church, listen to me. What is the direction of your home? What is your front door open to? And is anything coming in the back door that shouldn't be there? Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? I want us to take inventory today. Maybe the Lord would speak to us about what we're allowing in our TVs and entertainment. Maybe some real hard conversations we need to have with our children. Maybe things in our heart that we've been desiring and we just got to get our focus back. Say, God, we want to have all these things, but Lord, we mostly, God, we want to have you. We want to be the people of God. Would you pull us out of any part of our heart is... Towards Sodom, if any part of our heart is towards the kingdom of man, 
God, would you pull us out? Maybe today you have friends, you have Christian friends, and you know they are slacking. You know they are falling into temptation. You know they, you've seen them in their church attendance. You've seen them in their attitudes. You've seen them in their posts on social media. You know they're not where they need to be. Church, today is the day. We've got to have honest and real conversations. Say, God, I love you. Guys, I love you, but let me, let me tell you how much Lord, I love you and God loves you. And would you just consider coming back? Would you just draw closer to Jesus? We're not here to judge people. We're here to love people and draw them closer to the Father. Satan is here to kill and steal and destroy. He's here to divide. He's here to put your focus on the wrong things. He wants you to get lost in, in all the busyness of this world. Listen to me, church. It's all going to burn up. It doesn't matter. Live for heaven. Live for holiness. Live for Jesus. How are you doing in your heart's home? How are you doing? Husband, wife, you've been entertaining thoughts and things you shouldn't. We don't want to be like Lot's wife that even though she was escaping, her heart was pulling her back towards Sodom. Maybe she had friends there she missed. Maybe she missed the shopping she used to have. Maybe it's the things that she used to run around and do. And say, God, would you make heaven my home? Would my heart be for holiness? Would my heart be with you? I'm praying for our church in America today to wake up. Wake us up, Father. Let us not be sleepy saints. Let us be ready. Let us be ready any day, any hour. And we're coming back to you, Jesus. All across this room, we just begin to pray. Just right where you are. We just begin to consecrate your heart to the Lord. If you're not saved today, if you don't know Jesus today, right now, right in this moment, you can just get your life right with Him just by a simple prayer of faith. The Bible says if we just confess our sin, He's faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He's a loving Father. He loves to give good gifts like the Holy Spirit to those who ask. All you've got to do is ask in just a simple prayer. Jesus, save me. Jesus, I repent. Jesus, I'm coming back to you. Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? And he's just, as you begin to pour out your heart to him, he's just going to pour out his heart to you. And maybe you're a Christian today, husband and wife. Maybe you need to lead your home closer to heaven. Point your home towards heaven. Maybe your home has been too caught up with the things of this world. Is your home pointed towards heaven? Is your home pointed towards holiness? And you say, we're going to make a covenant today with the Lord. We're going to do a better job. We're going to walk closer to heaven. We're going to point our family closer. We're going to be a family who's ready. Lord, all across this room, God, would you do a deeper work than, Lord, my words can do. Holy Spirit, would you just begin to convict us of everything and anything, God, that is displeasing to you. Search us and know us, oh God. Reveal any wicked way in us. See if there's anything displeasing to us. God, that you'd restore to us the joy of our salvation, that we could be an example to sinners of your ways. That would you rebuild the ruins of your church, oh God. Build us up, oh God, in our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Would you just begin to just revive, oh God, Lord, a righteous remnant of believers, oh God, who are in these last days standing for truth, standing for, Lord, what love is, standing for what life is, oh God. I'm going to ask you just all across the room just to join me in standing. And I just want us to begin to intercede and worship the Lord. We just have a few minutes here. And I just, can we just press in? 
to a God, you know what, you don't have to be perfect to make heaven because Jesus was perfect for you. And just like Lot, he wasn't perfect, but all he had was faith. And that's good enough. You say, God, I've done all this. You know what? You're not going to get to heaven because you did a lot of good things or because you didn't do a lot of bad things. You will only get to heaven because you had faith. And Lot had faith. And he made it. And God snatched him up. And God's going to snatch us up just because we have faith. What I'm praying for us today is I don't want just faith that saves me. I want faith that saves my family. I want faith that saves my in-laws. I want faith that saves my community. I want faith that saves the high school and the middle school. I want faith that brings churches together in this last days for revival. I want faith that still sees healings and miracles and demons to be cast out. I want faith that sees revival sweep through a Sodom and Gomorrah like America one more time before he comes again. Can we have a greater faith than just for us to get to heaven? but faith that God's going to come and he's going to shake the world one more time and those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved and Lord you're going to move heaven and earth oh God because you are patient you are not willing that any should perish and all could come to repentance so God would you use us let's just begin to sing this song and let's just worship the Lord can we just be those people of faith